Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. What's up, sports fans? Zach Mikosh from Denver Stiffs here. Listen, you probably have a spot in town where you like to go and watch sports, and you probably have another spot in town where you go to get good food. Well, I'm here to tell you that for me, those two spots are one and the same. Jake's Sports and Spirits, located at 38th and Walnut Street, is your one-stop shop for great sports viewing and even better food. With their 20 TVs featuring every sports package available, you're never going to miss out on your favorite team. On top of that, Jake's has a wide variety of delicious food, so whether you're looking for the best wings in Denver, a delicious sandwich or burger, or maybe even a lighter thing like a salad, Jake's has you covered. Make sure you come by on the weekends, too, for their great breakfast menu, which is served from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's Jake's Sports and Spirits, 3800 Walnut Street. Come on down and make sure to tell them the Stiff sent you. Recording live from Jake's Sports and Spirits in the historic Rhino District of Denver, Colorado, it's the Pickaxe Podcast, presented by Denver Stiffs. All right, guys, what's going on? Uh, if you're a little confused, you're tuning in right now, expecting to hear the sweet, serenoting tones of Adam Mares, and you're not getting that, let me do, we'll go through a quick explanation here. You are listening to the Pickaxe podcast. Um, if you've been a fan of the site, you probably know Adam did the Pickaxe for quite a while. Since then, though, he's, he's moved on. He's doing the, the Locked On Nuggets podcast. It's part of the Locked On Network. It's a great podcast. Uh, they cover, Locked On covers all kinds of things, every, basically every sports team in the world. But one of the cool things they do is they give you a Monday through Friday podcast. So Adam gives you a, a different podcast five days a week. And uh, basically he got to the point he was sick of listening to his voice. And so he, um, he he set it aside. And one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to pick it back up. Because you might not know this. We actually have like 16 different contributors uh, to the Denver Stiff site, about which maybe nine or ten are really active every week. Um, and you guys obviously know Adam. You probably know Jeff with the CSG podcast, but beyond that, the rest of the Stiff staff really doesn't get a chance to podcast too much, and we, we have so many voices, so many different perspectives on basketball, so many great basketball minds that I really wanted to get a chance to highlight everyone uh, on the staff and get everyone involved in this, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to try and do it every week. You'll typically see these come up on Sundays, uh, and it's just going to be a roundtable of, of different Denver Stiffs members. Uh, talking about kind of what happened during the week, what's what's upcoming, and um, you know just covering the Nugget stuff in general. So with that said, I'm really pleased to announce that uh, the first two people I have with me today are two guys who joined the site with me uh, at the beginning of last season. 
So first on my left, I've got Daniel Lewis, a.k.a. Minuteman Dan. Dan, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Anytime. And then across from me, all the way from Colorado Springs, I had to hear, you know, I had to hear the nonstop complaining about how far he had to drive. But uh, I have Gordon Gross. Gordon, how's it going, man? Good, man. I rode the camel up here. It was, you know, I had to stop at the water hole a couple of times, but it's all good. Awesome. Well, all right, man. We got a big show to you, for you guys. It was kind of funny. We uh, we tried to do this show last week, and we just couldn't make it work out schedule wise. And then, as it turns out, the Nuggets had a, I mean, a huge week worth of news go uh, happen this past week. So it worked out great. So we're going to dive right into it. Uh, the first thing, uh, the big news that came down last week, of course, the Nuggets trade Yusuf Nurkic and a first round pick, the 2017 Grizzlies pick, to the Portland Trailblazers. In return, they get Mason Plumlee. Um, and a second round pick for next year. I guess I'll start with you, Dan. What were your thoughts on the, on the trade? Is it a good trade for the Nuggets? Yeah, I think it was a good trade for the Nuggets. I mean, it, we've covered it a lot on Denver Stips, the benefits, the stats, and different things. But I think the best thing that the Nuggets were able to do with the trade for Mason Plumlee is to secure a backup center. And it, that was a need that I felt that they were either going to need to address through the draft or through free agency, uh, especially with how Yusuf Nurkic had kind of played his way out of the, the team's right. long-term plans. Right. You know, the other thing that I always noticed, I mean, with Nurkic, too, because he not only played his way out, but when he was, even when he was playing, he's such a different player than, than Jokic, that it's like any time the, um, any time the Nuggets Went had Jokic, second year. yeah, exactly, they were just completely, they were just a completely lost team, so I think Plumlee gives them a bit of a, a bit of a change there, a bit of more consistency in, in their playing style, which I think will help them a lot. Gordon, what about you? What were your thoughts? Um, I like it. I don't like it as much as some of the other people on the site like it, but it's for the same reason that I had trouble with keeping Nurkic and Jokic long-term is you're tying up a lot of money in one position. Right. Like, if if Plumlee cannot play next to Jokic for 10, 15 minutes a game, you're going to be paying those two starting centers some crazy amount of money, something like $40 million combined right? Um, in about two years. Right, yeah. So it's it's really dependent on how much Mason can play with Jokic and how much the combined amount is going to cost Denver. But I, as far as a player, I like him as being the backup center. They play a similar game. That's not my issue. I think that would be – it's good to keep consistency in the lineup. It's just a matter of what it's going to cost us to do that. And I hope that – Fans that watched the Timberwolves game don't judge the Mason Plumlee don't trade solely off of that. True, that, that was his first game. He was still, I mean, he was still getting used to the altitude here. Absolutely. So, and they had all those other players injured. That that was a bad game. That doesn't mean that it was a bad trade for the Nuggets. Very true. Yeah, and we'll get in. We'll get into that T Wolves game here in a bit. I think one of the things to touch on what you said, Gordon. I agree, man. And it's what you got to remember is because everybody. I think a lot of people get a short sighted view of it. They say, oh, well, the Nuggets haven't even hit the salary floor. they got tons of capital, which is true. Um, but they have also a ton of guys on rookie contracts uh, and a guy like Jokic who's going to be due for a massive raise when his contract is up. So the 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 whole idea that they have the cap space to take on Plumlee, they do. But if you pay him too much, I think you're going you're gonna to find yourself getting cash-strapped here in maybe like two seasons. Right, yeah, you're looking at when you have to be re-signing all of your rookies and how many of them you're going to want to keep. And moves like um, signing Miles Plumlee as opposed to relying on some center from Europe that likes to pass, right. you know, that you got in the second round that's going to get a four-year, $8 million contract. You know, if, if they could have brought um, that guy over or traded for 
you know, Zizich or something, you know, for, sure. from Boston, you know, if you can get a player who's similar to Jokic and not ha- as a veteran, then maybe you can save some money and you can re-sign all of your youngsters. Right. When you're dropping $15 million, uh, a year on uh, Plumlee, potentially, that's a rookie that, that you're going to have to give up. You So you just have to pick one, and then you just get rid of that guy, and now you're even. Right, so let's let's shift gears a little bit. Still talking about the trade, just real quick. Uh, so Yusuf Nurkic, obviously we all we know know the issues um, that happened with Denver, and I just want to get your guys' opinion. Dan, I'll start with you. Is Yusuf Nurkic ever going to reach that ceiling, that tantalizing high ceiling that he has? I mean, maybe Terry Stotts can teach him how to use his left hand. <laughs> like that would help him go a long ways. Uh, but I. It's a hard thing to say because usually you got to wait for big men until they're like 25, 26, 27 years old until they can really figure out how to defend at a you know adequate level and they'll, they're not being surprised by plays that people are running at them. Um, so I, I don't know if he will, but he's still got such a long ways to go. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he's still young. He's, what, 22 years old, so he's he's got plenty of time. Um, I always, you know, I think... One of the things about guys reaching their ceiling, uh, J.R. Smith being a perfect example of it, is, is do they have the the, men, the mentality um, to do that? And that that would be my biggest question with with Narkic is it does is he mentally tough enough uh, to get it done? Gordon, what about you? What do you think? Um, I guess it depends what you think his actual ceiling is. For for Nurkic, I mean, are you thinking he's Tyson Chandler? Are you thinking he's that's a good point. Remember, remember when he first he his rookie year, he had that big duel with Marcus Gasol. Oh yeah, everybody's like, oh, he's great. And then people started saying, well, he could be the next Marcus Gasol. And some of that is, hey, big white center from Europe, right? Um, it's a it's a really really easy analysis to make and not necessarily a true one. But I think I think that's what people would think of is is that kind of that kind of player is right. His, Passer, you know, he can he has a good he has I mean he has good form on his shot, yeah. So he could be a good outside shooter. He has a he's a bull inside, so you would think that a Mark Gasol would be something he could do, but I don't I don't think he has Mark Gasol's mentality. I just yeah, I don't I, believe that. The player the player that I usually think of the most of when I think about Yusuf Nurkic is actually Andrew Bynum. I can see that. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In Andrew all Bynum was respects, a, <laughs> right? Andrew Bynum was a seven footer, really physical. You know, had a, a great team when he was with yep. the Lakers, yep. and he got traded in a big trade with the Dwight Howard four teamer. Iguodala, that was part of the Iguodala trade. Iguodala, and uh, you know went to Philadelphia and just bottomed out. Just didn't have the mental ability to, to you know, to match up with his physical well, gifts. And my question with Nurkic is, when he gets paid, eventually, you know, he's coming up on an yeah. extension. Yeah. How much money is enough? And how then, and then, how work? hard are you going to work once you right. get whatever is enough for you? It's very true. You know, you make $60 million, you, you should get a Moscow contract. Are you good? Does that make you happy? And now you don't need to work? Yeah. You, you so know you never know. And and so when you're betting on people, you want people who have uh, that competitive fire and that drive to get better. Mm-hmm. And I think Nurkic has all the talent in the world, uh, but I don't think he's going to hit the ceiling that all that talent should afford him. But he won't be the first big guy in the NBA to do that. Those failing big guys with lots of talent is, you know, there's a the huge waste for those guys. The entire yeah. 2000s for guys. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> exactly. Rest exactly. in peace, Stromile Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Stromile. All right. Um, so like I said, as Dan pointed out, we, we covered that a lot on the site, so we won't we won't spend any more time on it. Um, we, of course, wish Nurkic the best. I think we all hope he works out 
I would love to see him reach that to that um, potential. I'd love to see him shove that in my face and become absolutely an outstanding center. Sure. Because his talent is just outrageous. Sure, absolutely. So then, of course, um, right after the Nurkic trade, the the Nuggets they had the Warriors in town, best team in the league, um, and and it was, I was at this game, and it was I was thinking to myself, I don't know uh, if I've ever seen a basketball half that is executed so perfectly and is just every every shot is flying. The only time I could think of that reminded me was when the Nuggets beat the Hornets in the playoffs uh, and they won by like, like 50 points yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was 40-something point win. Right, right. So I guess, Gordon, what do you think, man? I mean, have you ever what, – what, do you have any comparison for that kind of point explosion that we saw there? Uh, playing 2K17 on, you know, <laughs> right, right. casual. Like, right. I mean, that's one of those – jump shot every yeah, time. Yeah, that was one of those performances that you don't get to see all that often. It looks like a college performance of some, you know, some team like Duke rolling over Northwest, yep, yep. Southeast State. You know, just <laughs> killing people. And this was crazy thing is it's not it's not Duke over Southwest. It's the Denver Nuggets versus the Golden State Warriors. I think that was maybe a it was the game. backup, no play. You know, yeah, rookie right. kids over right. exactly. Golden State. Yeah, they, it wasn't it wasn't strength players. on strength. Yeah, and it, when they were out, when I say they were out six players too, it wasn't that they were like, oh, we're missing uh, Johnny O'Brien and Malik Beasley. No, they were missing six guys who were legitimate rotation players, three of which were starters. Exactly. Dan, what did you think of the uh, of that that first half? Uh, I mean, just the fact that I mean the Nuggets are already you know just below five hundred team. And right. They were missing Gallo, Chandler, Fareed, Arthur, Moutier, and Plumley, and Plumley. Right. You know who had, wasn't able to play. Like just just the the mental hurdles you would have to go to go through to think. Yeah, the Nuggets have a shot of w- winning this game, but like blowing right. them out. It's just like. It's unreal. Setting a record for three pointers too. That was, um, that was, like I said, you, you guys, said it, was, it was unreal. It's just um, a night that makes you laugh. It was just, it was. It, I laughed the whole night watching this game. It was exactly. amazing. They they only trailed twice, and I think it was in the first couple minutes. Sure. The last lead the Warriors had was seven to six. Like a seven to six lead was the last lead the Warriors had in a game against Wancho. Johnny O'Brien, <laughs> Johnny O'Brien. It's yeah. a game that makes me understand exactly why Golden State has so many bandwagon fans. Yeah. Because when you get to see that every week and not yeah, right, exactly. once a year, exactly. then you know once you want a year, to show up once, for that. A, once a decade probably for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to touch real quick there on, on Wancho because he had such a huge game: twenty-seven points, I think, ten rebounds. Yep. Um, you see it every time in, in warm-ups when he's out there, he's shooting. I always tell people if I was going to teach someone how to shoot basketball. I'd probably just show him video of Wancho warming up. Wancho looks his amazing. Form is so perfect. Yep. And it was so it was so exciting for me to see it see it all come together in that game. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think is Wancho like is he is he gonna is he the small forward of the future for this team? He did that against Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. Like, right. It's not like you know these aren't scrubs. Like no. I think I think he showed that he. It, the, obviously, the hard part is going to be consistency for him because, like, he came out against Minnesota and had a exactly. bad game. Right. But I think that he showed enough last night that the front office can feel comfortable parting ways with one of Gallinari or Wilson Chandler in the future. I think that's the next that, step. Is that's something we'll talk time, about. Yeah. That's yeah. something we'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely I, get into I think that. that he showed at least, hey, this is what I can do. You know, maybe this is what I can work towards. Like this, this is my ceiling. Is 
you know, being able to make six of nine three-pointers to, you know, hustle for these boards and get steals and blocks right. and, like, lock down, you know, the other team's best score. Well, and that's, he has he has a very well-rounded game, and he he's very young still, and since his European team did not let him play this way, mm-hmm. he was playing center for that team most of the time yeah. for whatever reason. Because he was, you know, they said, whatever, we don't need you to do those things. We need you to do these things. Right. So he, he rebounded and played inside against big guys rather than going on the perimeter and shooting. So this is still a work in progress for him. And, like, his, his brother plays for the Knicks, and, like, yeah. they just signed Joachim Noah to a four-year contract and they've even with that in mind you know all the things Noah's done they've had to put Hernan Gomez into the starting lineup because he he has the basketball skills to succeed yep and I think eventually it'll be the same way for his brother Rancho just real quick on Billy Hernan Gomez I think he is succeeding man he um I've been impressed I've been impressed by his play he's I think he's a good player I want to touch on something real quick that that happened right after the game Uh, some fans were kind of heckling Kevin Durant as he left the uh, as he left the arena, and, and he said, and I quote, "Well, I'm not sure the exact quote, but he said, you know, hey, yeah, well, we're gonna sweep your ass." Um, which uh, thanks, KD, for having the faith in us that we're gonna make the playoffs. Uh, that's obviously not a foregone conclusion. What what I thought it pointed out though to me is, man, has KD just become like really unlikable in the past? Even just in the past year since he's been on the Warriors. He had a lot more forgiveness for his unlikability when he was in Oklahoma City. Right. Okay, he did plenty of unlikable things in Oklahoma City, but he had the, well, he's been loyal to his small town, don't rag That's on him too point. hard. That's a good it's point. not that he didn't say stuff like that. Um, it's not that he's unlikable either. Everybody does stuff like that in a, in a foreign arena when you're, you know, you just come off a hard really loss. Yeah, it's heat of the moment stuff. But KD had all sorts of these things that we would brush under the rug, and he would get prickly and say that the media is treating him poorly. Yeah, um, back when he was in Oklahoma that. City, and people Mr. said, "Here's unreliable. all, yeah, and here's all of the things that we didn't talk about with you, and here's all of the things that we just let go, you know." And the, the reporters came up with a giant list of stuff that, you know, Katie's being too sensitive. So I just think that now people have stopped trying to cater to his sensitivity, and you know, he's embraced the fact that this is who he is. He's a sensitive person who will say and do things, you know, that will rise people's ire, especially now that he's. I guess a, a traitor in some fashion to small towns everywhere. Yeah, right. I think if you're an East Coast guy and you move out to California and get a Tupac tattoo, like that's that's certainly enough to become an unlikable person. And if you're gonna talk trash to fans in a game that you just got blown out in as you're leaving the court, like just shut your mouth and leave. Just shut your mouth, right? Yeah, it's um, I don't know. Like I, you point out all those things, Gordon. I didn't really think about it, but it's true, man. I um. I never, I never really thought about it. I always kind of thought of Katie. You know, the thing that I always remember me is his MVP speech. Oh, sure. Was, you know, you the real MVP. He's talking about his mom. It's all real real nice and good. But uh, you, you point out a good point that it's, yeah, maybe not. Uh, and, and maybe we're just noticing it now because he's, uh, because, yeah, he, he went to the Warriors. Well, they're focusing on it now as opposed to, well, yeah, but here's all the other things. Now people are like, forget those other things. Right. right. You know. He's just a jerk. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this. Do you think he's right? If the Nuggets make the playoffs, are they are they due for a sweep? Can they steal a game? Dan, what about you? What do you think? I think they could steal one or two games. They yeah. just got to hit 24 threes, right? Just gotta... No problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it would help to have those five, six rotation players back. But I, I think that just with how good of a center Nikola Jokic is, if he gets, you know, Draymond Green into foul trouble and, you know, Draymond takes a swing at his – at his defender, <laughs> you know, misses a game for the uh, technical or, or kick. Uh, yeah. But I think that there's there's a possibility the Nuggets 
you know, take it to five, six games in a series. I don't think, I do not think that they can win a seven game series against yeah, the Warriors. No, I but I think it would go a long ways showing the fans that, hey, like, we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to win one or two games. It's going to be a pretty entertaining series. Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess a healthy Warriors team, I think they get swept. Yeah. If Steph rolls an ankle. Now we're all up for, you know, let's see what happens. Okay, but are we going to are we going to, you know, purposefully plant Kenneth Fareed into his foot under Steph Curry's ankle as, as Andre Iguodala <laughs> claims? Uh, is that is that your 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 strategy there, Gordon? You think that's what they should go with? Uh, if you want to win the series, then yeah, that's exactly <laughs> just, what you just should be doing. I just <laughs> you need a Tanya Harding that guy as much as you can. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right, well, let's move on to the um Let's move on to the next game, the Wolves game, which, of course, the Nuggets end up losing. Uh, they had an opportunity to get the tiebreaker. Um, they, they don't. They, they end up going 2-2. Uh, also, it was Mason Plumlee's first game. What do you – Dan, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I guess, Gordon, I'll get your thoughts. Um, Mason Plumlee, his first game, was it – are you encouraged, discouraged? Um, he showed the things I would expect to see from him. You know, his screen game is tremendous. Like, if he can teach Jokic how to put down an actual screen yeah. instead of just kind of run around right. a defender a lot, right? Uh, Mason Plumlee will be worth whatever extension they pay him because Jokic, <laughs> yeah, really Jokic just screens him. You just teach him how to screen. Yeah, seriously. he's Jokic is a terrible screener, as, as all the Nuggets are. I don't yeah. know if that's in we they are intentionally terrible or not, but they're bad at it. And Plumlee is tremendous at setting screens. He likes to actively set screens. He screened and rescreened and hard screened, and that guy plays hard on both ends of the court. He runs the floor really well. He, does, yeah, he got out in transition that Jokic was throwing him the ball in transition. Yep. yep. He finished off an alley oop from uh, from Jameer. One of the things that I think yep. was funny about him um, playing with Jokic that I noticed it was it was fairly early in the game. Uh, Jokic just got the ball. He's near the top of the key. And Mason's kind of getting positioned down low, and he's he's getting position to to block out because he thinks he thinks Jokic is about to shoot the ball, right. and then Jokic passes it, and he's just completely unprepared for it. And I just thought it was so funny. I was like, yeah, that's that's something you'll learn. You know, this guy's actually he's going to set you up to score. So, just kind of an observation I had. I thought I thought you know you could see the. Um, the growing pains of the guy obviously just got in the day before. Well, and he's never played with a big man passer who's better than him. Yeah, he's, and who's who's out there to pass him the ball. So that's going to be a strange situation for him. And I think that the Nuggets may have to change a couple of things that they do um, that involve Jokic being the guy outside, and that way people can't sag off of uh, because they were sagging off of uh, Miles Plumley during the course of the game because he can't Mason shoot. Makes it. There's too many Plumleys. There's a lot of Plumleys. There's too many Plumleys. So uh, they're sagging off of Mason during the game. Um, you can't do that if they, those guys switch positions and um, Jokic is there um, in um, in Mason's place. So I'm curious to see when they exchange ball handle between big men. There's a lot of st- experimentation yet what to happen. Sure. Like we haven't – there is by no way a finished product in game one of, hey, Mason, here's the Nuggets. Right. So it's going to be a, uh, another twenty games of what do we have and what are we doing, right? Dan, you you said you thought maybe Mason didn't have the uh, the best game, which I thought you know I was like I, oh, you know he got what eleven and nine. I mean it was it was more or less like what you should expect out of a backup center. Um, was there anything particular you saw with him that you were like ah he needs this wasn't his best game? I think, it, I mean he had like a missed alley oop. Will yeah. Barton tried to throw him on. And he was not expecting it, and Barton. 
You can see Barton was frustrated because he threw the ball up to his teammate, hoping that he'd finish, and nothing happened. Yeah, Barton's 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 like, frustrated. Like, I could have shot that, man. Yeah, that's my only pass of the game. I Losing can't believe my buckets. You. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the things that Gordon mentioned are things that I like. You know, I as as soon as the trade came through, I was thinking, like, finally, a big man that can set screens. Right. Like, you know, he just he just needs to come and help show Jokic, you know, the in and outs of you know, playing an NBA center game, right. you know, and how to be a veteran, how to watch film, how to work with your teammates a little bit better, how to, you know, move here on defense, you know, how to defend different types of players because he's had a little bit more experience. So, I mean, it's it's going to take time. Like, thankfully, the Nuggets did this trade like a week, you know, a little bit over a week in advance right. of the trade deadline. Right. So that he has this entire All-Star game to watch film and be like, hey, you know, these are how Jokic throws passes. This is incredible. You know, this is how Gary Harris cuts. This is how Will Barton likes to, you know, dribble in and out and around the screen. So I got to wait for a couple seconds so he can watch film and work with the coaches to become, you know, the Denver Nuggets player and not just Portland Trailblazers, Mason Plumlee in a Nuggets jersey. Right. Right on. Um, so, of course, like I said, the Nuggets, they, the Nuggets lose that game um, coming off the big win against the Warriors, and then they head into the break with that loss. What do you guys think? Do you think it, is there is there anything to be made of the momentum going into the break? Um, do you think that it's going to hamper them at all? No. Like, yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of how I felt. Because a lot of people were like, oh, man, they had this great Warriors win, and then the worst loss of the season, which I, I wouldn't even call it the worst loss of the season. Um, All the kids who would be worried about that were hanging out together at the All-Star break in New Orleans. I mean, uh, Beasley's down there with Jamal Murray, with uh, Nicole Jokic. So all the guys who'd be down about it are down there. And all the veterans who don't care about one loss and they're they're fine with it are at home. So, no, the guys who would be sitting and be feeling bad about losing are feeling pretty good about themselves right now. I'm not worried about it. Dan, what about, uh, like I said, they, they don't get the tiebreaker. The Nuggets were up 2-1. If they'd won that game, they would have held the tiebreaker. First of all, do you think Minnesota is, is an actual threat uh, for that to come into play? Um, and if so, is it are you are you concerned now that they don't have this tiebreaker? No, I'm not concerned. I don't With the Zach Levine injury, I don't think That's that Minnesota true, is a, has a, any shot at making the playoffs. They could trade I think, Butler, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they could trade Zach. They could trade uh <laughs> Chris Dunn and their first round pick for Jimmy Butler. No, but uh, I think the Nuggets just need to focus on getting wins over Pelicans, the Trailblazers, and the Kings. Like I think, I think the Nuggets got a pretty like clear path to the eight seed. I would, I would agree, man. I you know I was listening to the radio the other day and they were talking about who might be the biggest threat um, to that eight seed, and I actually think it's going to be Dallas just because they've got the uh, they got the star who's been there in Dirk. They've got the coach who's been there in Coach Carlisle. Um, and, and Dallas actually got to a really rough start of the season when they didn't have Dirk. Uh, now that he's been back, they played much better. Um, just, but I, I, I agree with you guys. I don't think it's that much of a tiebreaker. So I'll tell you what, we're, we'll take a quick break here, uh, and then we'll be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service change before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all, and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, 
but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. All right, guys, welcome back to the Pickaxe Podcast. Uh, It is the weekend. It is the all-star break, as we've been talking about. And um, the first thing I want to touch on, just just briefly, do either of you guys, is the celebrity game, is that the worst all-star event in, like, all of professional sports? It's pretty terrible. I, <laughs> the, I couldn't the Pro watch Bowl it. Is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is pretty bad. Yeah, but at least like the Pro Bowl is like real players, right? I mean, this is like <laughs> Justin Bieber versus the Secretary of Education, or well, the old Secretary of Education, I guess. Um, I, I, I did either of you guys watch it? No, no. no. I watched <laughs> clips of it. That was that's, enough that's for me to know that I did not want to see it. That's more than so I that did. was fun. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Whenever they added that game, it's just the most the most pointless thing in the world and I remember watching it one year and it's like Kevin Hart and it was this whole like side show about him he was a coach and then oh he's gonna suit up at halftime and I was it like, comes oh, off of the, the on, MTV man. jock games that they used to do back in the day really and oh. so it's 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 very much a throwback to that I know that's that's before some time here but Gosh. if they no. put if they put Air Bud in the celebrity game maybe I would <laughs> yes. watch it you know what they, they, that, I would watch it if it was all just animal like animal celebrity game <laughs> um, we'll have like a little pool set up next to the basket for like a dolphin they can shoot that, that might I, I might get to watch but uh yeah i think it's terrible we won't spend any more time talking about it uh what we will spend some time talking about is the rising stars challenge which of course happened friday night uh, i did watch that game particularly because there was two nuggets nicole Jokic and jamal murray um the whole first half i'm rooting for Jokic to get the triple double he ends up getting real close came two assists short but man jamal murray he was you know they said on the broadcast oh that coach mike brown wanted um he wanted Buddy Heald to get the MVP right. because it was in New Orleans. And then and it looked like that we were on that way, but he had a real big first half. And then Jamal Murray just comes and steals it in the second half, right? And he goes completely on fire, unstoppable shooting. And when I what I think about that is is it's granted it's an all-star game, it's it nobody plays defense, it's exhibition, but I thought it showed uh Jamal's capability that when he gets hot, man, it's just he can hit anywhere from on the court. You guys, how much? I mean, Kenneth Freed won the the MVP award a few years back. How much? How much did you guys take from that game? Do you think it, Dan? Do you think it was a like great sign of his stardom to come, or more of just a, eh, it was a fun thing? I mean, it's a fun thing, but it is it is a good opportunity for him to show, you know, the rest of the league that hey, like I'm I'm for real. I can put up. I can put the ball in the basket. Like yeah, you know, he, he I've got great range. I can shoot from all over the floor, and like if I'm gonna get hot, like just watch out. I mean it. They don't play defense hardly at all until the last five minutes of the game. Sure, but sure, but that's when but, he was at, the, but it, at his hottest. It right? is it is a way for him just to show the rest of the league, like, hey, like, you know, you may not be able to see me on any national broadcast because I'm in, the, in Denver right now. Right. But like when when I am on national TV, I'm going to show up. You better you better watch. Right? Well, what he does, I, I do like that he shows up on national TV. But it, it I don't know what it means. Uh, Moody put up what thirty and ten last year and did not get it. and didn't get the MVP because his team lost to yeah, Zach Levine. Zach, Zach Levine got it. Yeah. But so those guys threw down. But 
Zach Levine once again this year was a very respected, you know, improving young player. You think though? You think that was more because of the uh, Rising Star Challenge? Because I would say it's probably more because of the dunk contest. Dunk contest right? came after. That that is true. Right. That is true. Yeah, Zach, Zach, Zach's team won. If Moody had won, Moody will probably won the award. Right. So, you know, Jamal Murray won. I liked him seeing taking him see it over, um, uh, over Buddy Heald because yeah. well. You know, Nuggets reasons. I he was the I, pick. I, 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 I enjoy the fact that, that <laughs> they left us Jamal Murray. You know, who is an equivalent player now and should be a better player in the future than Buddy Heald. You know, I I totally agree. And you know, what? I can't. I, I was trying to find the tweet. I couldn't find it. But Buddy even tweeted something out before the season about like how he's like the best shooter in this class or he's going to be the best rookie or something. And I just thought it was kind of funny because I I always wanted the Nuggets. I mean, I would have been happy with Buddy Heald. Don't get me wrong. I always wanted him to take Murray. Buddy Heald was a consolation prize when we were here on draft night. Right, you know, in Jake's uh, watching, and and uh, Jalen Brown went to Boston, and we cheered. Right, and right. then uh, and then it was either Buddy or it was going to be Jamal, and we knew we were going to get one of the two. And Jamal got to us, and it was terrific. I mean, he you saw how he can get, he can shoot it from thirty feet away and make it not a problem. Yeah. He that's range is not an issue with him. It's it's all a matter of whether or not he's he's hot. My problem with him right now is he doesn't know when he's hot yeah. and shoot or shoot as they shoot yeah. themselves out of slumps. So. Yeah. I'm just waiting for him to figure out what his game is, um, you know, and get a chance to play it. Like he wants to be a point guard, he likes the ball in his hands. Sure, you it's know, his first year, he, yeah. he's going to be in Denver for a long time. He's yeah. he's got time to oh, figure yeah. it out. I'm not worried about it. But this is a it's a glimpse of when he's hot, he can do this, and we know that because he's already done it in games before. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, one thing I want to touch on real quick: our writers were kind of throwing this around um, in our in our email chain the other day. Do you guys think? Jamal Murray has any troubles with with mental toughness, or because some people brought that up. Well, hey, maybe he's so inconsistent because he's, mentally he's not able to no. um, see. Because I'm the same way. Like that guy works. First of all, he works his butt off. I mean, that guy is the last guy in the gym. Him or Wancho. And then he, he has J.R. Smith level confidence, man. Like he <laughs> he has he has a rational confidence, which is only rational because he's Jamal Murray. So I'm not worried about his confidence levels or his motivation levels. That guy works. And he believes in himself. You guys think? I mean, is Jamal Murray a star in this league? You guys think is is that where he's going to end up? I think so. And you know, going back to the mental thing, like he's 19 years old. Yeah, you know, like I, right. I struggled buying cereal at 19 years old. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, he's playing against grown men. Like I don't. I he's mentally like light years ahead of his peers at that time. Ahead of her use of Nurkic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and as far as being a star, I do I. Yes, but that all depends on what his role is expected to be. I'm not sure that he's going to be a superstar. J.R. Smith is not a superstar. Right. You know, but he can fill that J.R. Smith role. Now, can right. he be more than that? And can he do Damian Lillard stuff that made Lillard famous? Can he do... I don't so know. Don't don't say Steph Curry because that's you know some people you always want to you, you want you yeah can't. you want to compare him to Steph Curry and I'm like that's such an unfair comparison I mean, that guy is arguably the best shooter to ever set foot on a basketball court yeah you know um, I'd yeah. be fine with him being a better version of Drew Holiday yeah well and, and, <laughs> and I Drew Holiday made an All Star yeah yeah exactly no, yeah. Drew's Drew's not bad he obviously dealt with some injuries but um, no I think I compared him to um, to Gordon who was in. Uh, with the Pelicans and is now with Houston. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon yeah. 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 And, you know... It, it's it, not a bad comparison. He's, he's a good shooter. He, you know, he can handle a lot of stuff. He can handle the ball if you need him to. Um, I would consider that a mid-range goal for Jamal Murray. That guy's not necessarily a star, but if he stays in Houston, he he's might... Playing like, he, playing like he's star, right? He's playing like he matters. Right. And that's all you're really looking for with, with Jamal Murray is you want him to have impactful 
late game moments. You want him to help you put it on the other team, and that's what he's good at. And I think I, you, I think you speak to it so much, Gordon. I, I think that's it. Is you want him to be a guy if if you want to get in the playoffs, and if your goal is truly championships, which I think every team in, in their heart of hearts that is their their ultimately end goal should be. Um, I think Jamal Murray's the guy on this team right now who you can look at and say that's a guy when we get into the playoffs and when it's the fifth game of the series and they know everything we're going to do and we're, we're down by four and we flat out need a bucket. That's the guy, Jamal Murray. We can just give him the ball and say, go get me, go get me a three or go get me some points because we saw it, we saw it all the time when, uh, when the Nuggets were making the playoffs at the end of George Carl's tenure, uh, their whole run running style and freewheeling. Everybody shares the ball offense. doesn't really work in the playoffs, right? People just lock you down. They force you into that half court game. And then they were lost, and, and it's always been a critic of or a critique of the the Nuggets and those teams was well you don't have that guy ever since you traded Melo who can just get you a bucket. I really think Jamal's that guy. Damn, what about you? He's got that great like one on one ability, man. Like he's yeah. not the fastest guy, he's not the strongest guy, but like he just gets open. Like yeah. he's got tremendous balance. I mean, that's one thing that I'm always just blown away when I'm watching him play. It's just his ability to to not get off balance so that he can get his shot off wherever he wants to. And like he uses both hands to finish. He's yeah. got range. His body like, control is excellent. Yeah, he's, he needs he needs to be a little more careful with the ball in traffic. Sure, he can he, probably say about that about every. I, nugget every nugget, about. every nugget we have has to be a little more careful with he's the ball a in true traffic. Denver nugget. Yeah, he the ball over in the paint. <laughs> um, but uh, to come back to Mason Plumlee, you set a screen for Murray. He can take that shot coming off the screen. Yep. Yep. If you cannot get over that screen, he will bury you. Yep. And that's what I'm looking forward to in the next couple of years is those playoff games, there's going to be some Jamal Murray won us this game kind of highlights from from him in the playoffs, where game two, Jamal Murray just went off for 35 in 20 minutes and could was unstoppable, and it's going to happen, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm with you. All right, we'll shift gears here as we'll, we'll head down to our last segment. Um, a big one, though, of course. So we're, we're just days away from the trade deadline. Uh, the Nuggets are right already made one move um, with Yusuf Nurkic and Mason Plumlee like we talked about. So I think I think there's two guys on the roster right now who you would say is the next most likely to be traded. Uh, you have Danilo Gallinari who's going to opt out of his player uh, option. Anybody who tries to argue he's not going to opt out. Yeah, he's, he's opting he's, out. He's opting out, right? He's very likely to. Exactly, exactly. I think even I'm Tim gonna Connolly. I, think, well, <laughs> I was going to say, the reason I was going to say that he is, I think Tim Connolly, uh, when he was on the radio, maybe with Altitude Sports, even kind of hinted at that he expects Gallo too, but just just knowing how the cap works, I mean Gallo's opting out. If he didn't, he'd be crazy. Unless he's having some sort of groin surgery on his injury, that's, that's that is true. the only reason that's he would opt true. in. If he is healthy at the end of the year, there's no you know, way. I even think though, even if he has a groin injury, I think he still probably gets paid more money uh, than he's getting paid right now. Uh, so the other guy is of course Wilson Chandler, who there was some rumors. Sam Amick came out and said uh, Wilson. Wanted to be traded. Um, unhappy with his role. Unhappy with his role, right? Chris Dempsey follows up from the, the horse's mouth, gets an interview with uh, Wilson. And, of course, Wilson doesn't come out and say, yes, I want to be traded or anything like that. He doesn't outright deny it either, though. That surprised me, actually. I expected him to say, that's not what I said. Right. And all he all he really said was, I want a consistent I role. I want more consistency. Right? Yeah. So do you guys think, uh, Gordon, I'll start with you. Do you think Gallo or Chandler is one of these guys getting traded here this week? I... Based on having seen Wancho, yeah, and Wancho right. finally showing he deserves minutes, right. and knowing that you're not really going to be able to play um, Chandler and Gallinari together continuously and get Wancho minutes, I would expect one of them to go. And I'm still expecting that to be Chandler at this point, 
because he has more trade value. He has the extra year on his contract um, yeah. at a reasonable yeah. price that, that Gallinari doesn't have. He's expiring. So if you're trading, if you're trading Wilson Chandler to some contending team, they have two years that they can use him for a playoff run. Whereas if you trade Gallo, they've got this year and then he might go. Yeah. So I just from a flat numbers point, I expect it to be Chandler, and I'm I'm not sure that he'll be in a uniform with us in a week. Dan, what about you? I think the Nuggets are going to stand pat. I don't think they're yeah. going to move either of the players. I think because the Nuggets. And, you know they're not a very popular free agent destination, so they really kind of have to cater to the players when they're t- you know working with free agency and trades. And I think the Nuggets want to make the playoffs, and Wilson Chandler and Danilo Gallinari will help them accomplish that goal. And then at the end of the season, Tim Connolly can go to Gallo's agent and say, "This is how much we're going to pay him. Right. This is the this is how much we're willing to go to." And the agent says, "That's great. We're, you know we're excited to have him come back." Or if he says we're looking for more money, Tim Connolly can say, "Like adios, you know, we're gonna we're gonna play Wancho." But like, I think that allowing Gallinari just to, you know, to play out the rest of the season here, make the playoffs, have a a good final memory, you know, and then give him the the freedom to, I mean, the CBA, he'll have the opportunity to choose what team he wants to play for and for how much money. Um, I I think I don't think they'll move Chandler because. They could be losing Gallinari, and I don't think they want to lose Gallo and Chandler. Yep, I would agree. So I think that they'll just stand pat and then see what happens in the offseason. Does it does it bug you at all if, if they, they do stand pat and, and then Gallo leaves? Does it bug you that they didn't get anything for him, that there was no value returned there? I think the thing that they get back is just that playoff berth, even if it is a four-game sweep against the Warriors. It's I true. mean, like, he doesn't have a ton of value because he, he is a potential expiring contract. Right. Right. So you're not. I don't know. I just watched you Mason Plumley get back at first. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they have rights to resign him as a restricted free agent, though. That's, that is true story. Restricted true story. story. So the Nuggets, you know, they they traded for the next four years potentially of Mason Plumley. Whatever team trades for Gallinari is just getting twenty games. You know. So yeah. I don't think that you know they they are going to get as much value as people might think. If they had traded Gallo at the beginning of the season, they would have gotten a lot more value. But the Nuggets wanted. Gallo's scoring and his presence on the team. Like, sure, I don't think they. I don't think they. they um, had, I don't. They, they couldn't ideas, have done that with Wancho. Well, I don't think they thought that Jokic was going to be as good as he has been. Um, and they, I think everybody kind of viewed Gallo at the beginning of the season as still the best player on the team. Um, and, the, and you're right. They they were they wanted to get those playoffs and they needed that scoring. And now if, maybe hindsight being 2020, they're like, ah, yeah. we if they could predict the future. The Nuggets wouldn't be below five hundred. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, you know, let's not criticize people for not being able Absolutely. to predict the future. Absolutely. I mean, I do that anyways. Though that's I'm, I'm a blogger. It's, <laughs> it's part <laughs> of the game. game. It's my ammo. Um, all right. So, if in, in the hypothetical world, and it doesn't even have to be for the Nuggets, but um, is there is there a trade you guys would want to see? I'd say if there's one thing that I'd want to see, um, I would love to see. It. Auto Porter in some way come to the Denver Nuggets. I don't think it's going to happen. But I don't think we like, have that kind of blackmail, man. Right. Like, I would say, I mean, you would have to offer so over the top for a guy like that. But maybe not something like that. But I think also something I would want to see the Nuggets, if they're going to make a trade, they've got to do something about getting some perimeter defense because yeah. they can't stop the ball um, at all. Gordon, I'll start with you. Any any specific Nuggets trade you'd like to see? You know, you threw out uh, Derek Favors, I think, back, back in the I day. did. Um, and I like Derek, but Derek hasn't bounced back from his knee no, really quite hasn't. as much as you would expect. 
which means he might be more available price-wise, or that Utah might hold on to him thinking they don't have to give him a max. Right. So it's always tough to deal in your own division, especially your own, you know, they're your rival. Though, you're you're playing them all it, the but... time. I know we just did it with Portland, but it's not that easy to do. Sure. Um, but the problem Thunder is... Thunder in the off-season, trailblazers in the mid-season. Yep, we keep doing it. And and it's... Jazz are next. I guess. <laughs> um, I'm with you. I would, I would like some perimeter defense. Um, it's just too vital for this team. They give up so many points on guys abusing our backcourt and yeah. getting to the rim. Oh, yeah. Or even, even the wings. I mean, uh, Wilson Chandler has a rep as a defender, but has been... Fairly terrible yeah, at it this I year. I would say I, I don't think he's been good at all. I, I, and I wonder how much coming back from the hip uh, has just hurt his lateral quickness. Uh, well, same with same with Gallinari. The yep. knee injuries, he doesn't have it anymore. Um, and so those guys, no one that we are currently putting out there, other than Wancho, who doesn't play enough, right, has those kind of chops. Well, Gary Harris, I think too. But I don't know. He's, he's kind of regressed this year, right? Though I mean, hot topic. Been... <laughs> uh, yeah, if you, if you want, if you want a hot take, I think uh, Gary Harris is very overrated. As far really? As yep. All right. Oh, All right. next week's podcast. Next week's podcast, right? <laughs> I just uh, is Gary Harris overrated? I gross. As far as defense, I love the guy. What he's doing for our team, but as far as a defender, that he's. Just not stopping anyone. Yeah, I mean, nobody, nobody stopping. Nobody stopping anyone, but he's certainly not standing right. out in that regard. Right. Absolutely. Um, so I'll be looking for a perimeter defense. I don't know who you want to get. If you can get Lutz, stay in division and go get Roberson from Oklahoma yeah, City. Right. If I'm, I'm where looking does, where to. Where does Roberson play in this in this rotation? Right, because you already have right. Martin and Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and well, and that's your and then you've got the league Beasley, who's obviously not getting any minutes. Right. So. He's small forward. He's yeah, small forward behind. I guess you're, you're, you're probably packaging Gallagher Chandler. You would be, swab, like you'd be swapping Chandler and or Barton to go ahead yeah. and add a small forward, uh, just a three who can go ahead and, and defend. You could do, heck, you could do uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist yeah. straight up for Wilson if you wanted. Um, <laughs> Gordon Stone. Did I steal yours? Gordon, all right, we'll move to Dan. So, Dan, what do you think? <laughs> Michael Kidd Gilchrist, that's uh, an idea you like? I, that is an idea I like. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, you know, he does not have a perimeter shot. No. Uh, even Robertson is better than him in the perimeter, but he's a, an amazing defender, can rebound. He's going to get a lot of steals and blocks. Um, he's under contract for the next three seasons at like $14 million About that. a year. Yeah. Um, so he'd be you know, a relatively more high, higher paid player on the Nuggets, but if you were able to swap someone like Wilson Chandler or Danilo Gallinari for Mechelkill Gilchrist, um, I think the Nuggets would have to give back more because of all the years control that they would have over the salary. But like that guy, Depends. I mean that's 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 one defender on yeah. a team full of bad defenders. But I think that would be a great first step to make. Let me throw out a throw out a name here or two names, um, and you guys are gonna laugh and roll your eyes. Jimmy Butler and Paul George, right? Sure. So, so both Jimmy Butler rumored to be available, rumored not to be available, depending on, on who you believe. I think if you offered the Bulls a, a amazing package, they would they would have to look at it. Paul George though recently had some comments, um, some I can't even remember exactly what he said, but some less than endearing comments. He said he wouldn't he wouldn't sign. Uh, resign just yet. He would not guarantee he was going to resign because well, he likes winning or something like that, right? So he's just not happy in Indiana. And obviously, so I don't think anybody here would would disagree that that would be an amazing addition. Either one of those guys. What does it take to, from the Nuggets' standpoint? What kind of package would they have to put together to get a Jokic? guy like that? 
You see, so I, I, would, I would just... Jamal <laughs> Murray and Macho. I see, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I, I, there, there's nobody I would trade Jokic for outside of, like, you know, three or four players in the entire league. Durant. Durant, yeah. Curry, LeBron. Right. And obviously none of those guys are getting traded. Um, but I think you're right, Dan. I think I think you're being foolish if you think a guy like that you're going to be able to get without involving Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's your guy. That's, right. That has to be your centerpiece of the deal. You're moving Murray and Chandler and... Will Barton, um, Will Barton, Will Barton and right. some picks. Yeah. And that's where you're starting at that particular point and moving forward. Would you guys do it? If it was if it was out there, would you do it? Would I take Jimmy Butler for Murray and... Say say the package is Murray, Chandler, Barton, uh, and a first-round pick for... for Jimmy Butler? For Jimmy, Jimmy Butler? Butler? Yeah, I'd do it yeah. for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I would not yeah. do it for Paul George. Really? Why, why is that? Um, I, I just... I think that Paul George, you know, like, I think Jimmy Butler is a better player than Paul George is. I, I like Butler's for... ability to defend and get to the free throw line because I'm as good of a perimeter shooter. Um, but I just, I think in overall impact, I think that Butler would have a bigger impact. I would do it for both because that's your st- second star. You could say first star if you, if you don't think, if you don't think Jokic is there. But that's, that's two of the three, and now you have enough salary cap still to go ahead and get the third. Get the third. Right. And then you can build around the draft and keep refreshing with the draft, which is what Conway's good at. And you'd still, Once, you still, know, in that trade proposal, you still have Wancho. You still yes. have Malik. You know, Correct. you still have quite a bit of... You still have a guy I'm quite fond of, uh, nobody wants to talk about, is uh, Radicevic. You still have that guy over there right. in Europe who might be able to come over. And we still have all, we still have other picks. We still have... Again, Conway's going to make his mark in the draft. He's going to find us guys who can contribute. And that's all you need. The problem that... Um, that you have in places like uh, Chicago is they haven't found in the draft what they need to help. That's why they had to go out and add a bunch of guys who didn't fit. Yeah. You know, the, at least in Indiana, they got Miles Turner. Yep. You know, so that was that that helped them. Without Miles Turner, he would definitely be leaving right. Paul George. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, they don't have enough yet. They're not on the right schedule. So, yeah, I would absolutely add either of those guys just for the ability to get the third and then go. Compete. Don't compete and compete for championships. I'm with you guys. Well, all right, guys. That's um, that's the rundown of it. Uh, again, everybody, appreciate you listening. Uh, we're really excited to have the pickaxe back. Uh, like I said, we'll try and do this every week. Um, Gordon, Dan, anything else, guys? No, man. Uh, I've got started, and uh, we'll do it again later. We'll keep it going, and it's at G Money Nugs. G Money Nugs. Two G's in the in Nugs or, or one? Two G's. One's with a Z. With nope. the, <laughs> there's at, no umlauts. There's no, no, no accents. No yeah. accents. No nothing. No, uh, the money isn't actually just a cash. Yeah, it's just a cash sign. Nothing. <laughs> no. Okay, cool. And then, of course, at Minuteman Dan. Um, Dan, anything else? No, thanks for having us. It was a good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Um, again, appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.